The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the U.S. and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hello, everybody. It is Mark Kelly. I hope you're doing really, really well wherever you are. As part of our all the ServiceNow series, we are talking still in the world of federal, and I'm very, very happy to welcome David Hegarty. David is Director of Impact Delivery, Federal Healthcare and Finance. David, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Mark, so much for having me. David, let's jump into your journey to getting into the world of ServiceNow before we kind of talk a little bit more about your day-to-day role. Sure. Yeah. So I was an accountant for 17 years. I got into the world of ServiceNow through asset management, and it quickly turned into from asset management to overseeing a ServiceNow platform for one of the states here in the United States. And I oversaw the platform for roughly two years during our, even during COVID times, and I was able to learn and scale the platform a great deal before joining ServiceNow about three years ago. Fantastic. And your current role day to day, what does that involve? So I oversee our impact product delivery. So on the back end, um, with our federal healthcare and finance customers, making sure that they're using the platform to the best of their abilities for what they own and are licensed for, but also understanding how they can do capabilities, governance, road mapping, strategy, platform health, uh, supporting and understanding the best practices for upgrades, accelerators in terms of leveraging virtual agent, leveraging uh, the ability to scale their discovery abilities. They're using ITOM, for example. So let's say some customers within the government, for example, or one of the different departments are utilizing ServiceNow. Are you helping them make the most of their purchase to ensure that the people who are users get the, the maximum from that? Yeah, our, our whole focus is value. So we want to make sure that what the customer has purchased, they're leveraging it. Do they know the best practices? Are they set up for success? Do they have a team set up? Do they understand where and how? The, the the system can be configured versus customized versus how they may used to do it in a prior system. A lot of organizations are seeing the out-of-the-box capabilities is the reasons they bought ServiceNow. That was a value differentiator for them. So we want to help them continue that path, help them understand what they can use and leverage, but also at the same time, know what's coming next. So we just recently released Vancouver about two weeks ago, that released before a Washington, D.C. release coming here in the spring of 24. We want to make sure customers understand and are seeing what's coming next. Help them save those development cycles because they may try to be developing something that's coming in the future that they're already entitled to. We want to work with them and help them understand that. And a lot of the times in federal government, state, local government, global government, a lot of the times it's just getting out of our own way. I experience this as a platform owner. So those challenges still exist and how bureaucratic some things in that times are, but how do we simplify that process and ultimately get to what are the key outcomes? What are those key metrics we're trying to measure our success by? And then where are we trying to grow within the platform? How are we trying to automate? How are we trying to engineer things so they're so much simpler? Yeah, because when you start to unravel the opportunities of leveraging and utilizing the platform, you might come with your own kind of perspectives about how to do that. However, the reality is you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You want to look at best practices and probably learn from other people's experiences so you can start maximizing it. But then most importantly, the organization can start to maximize it because 
you're doing this at scale. It's not like just a couple of users. You're going at a very big uh, scale there. For sure. And a lot of organizations, they historically always started with ServiceNow in just the IT realm. And now they're starting to see this in so many other areas as an enterprise platform. We're not trying to replace Workday. We're not trying to replace SAP. Well, let's combine and centralize that information into one space. And when we do that in our government spaces, it's really opened things up. We're now we're talking to the HR teams, the finance teams, the security teams, all collectively together in getting them together to have what's our vision as an organization, as an agency. How do we want to have our enterprise leveraging? How do we want to onboard somebody so they have the best experience possible before they even come in to work for us? But then if they have everything day one, they can hit the ground running, but when something happens, they know where to go. Hey, I can use employee center. I can use that to do my break fix for an incident. I can do it to order something. I can use it as my central hub for I have questions about the agency and organization. And then it gives everybody across the organization's clear picture. A lot of challenges we've seen is data integrity in this space is a, is a major one. But we're coming from worlds of Excels and SharePoint sites and internal knowledge. And we're starting to leverage the platform now. And that's really expanding our capabilities within the agencies to go, wait a second, I can simplify a whole lot more than I even thought of when I originally brought ServiceNow in. So let's look at some of the challenges people fine with it because like everything life happens and you get pulled from pillar to post and and it's hard to kind of find the time to really invest in in certain things because life is a moving platform tell us a little bit about some of the common challenges that you experience and how do you go about working with those leaders to systematically go on a journey with them and i appreciate everyone is going to be different but if there's some common threads Some bigger common trends are analysis paralysis. I want it to be perfect. I need to launch. I can't do versioning. People forget that there's versions in everything. You see that with our iPhones and we get a new software update every Tuesday. The same thing happens with ServiceNow where what is our plan when we do an SDLC? What is that going to look like for us moving forward? Another common one is I just want to keep it for just my part of the organization because then I have quote unquote control of it. Missing the bigger picture because a lot of organizations are now finally multiple years into this saying, wait a second, I can really impact everybody to help everybody through this common thread. And also a lot of organizations, when they look at these cycles, they always want to say, who's doing this better? Who's doing this the best? And you always want to have kind of those benchmarks, which are good in some ways, but you can't let you stop you from innovating. You can't let you hold it behind yourself. You need to do what's best for your organization, your agency. It's okay to say, I'm going to take this thing systematically because that's all I have time for. I may have a smaller development team. I may have multiple partners in here working through different uh, platform modules and applications being built simultaneously. There's a lot going on. We could have turnover at the top of an organization. I went through that. I had multiple CIOs in a short period. So you're constantly trying to say, what are my metrics? What am I measuring? Who am I measuring this for? So what the impact teams really come in and help do is baseline with them. What are we chasing in terms of, give me your top four or five outcomes. What are the objectives of these outcomes? And then how do we actually put metrics to measure this? And then how do we tie the platform into what you own today? Where are you trying to go potentially in the future so that you baseline and you're building appropriately? No one likes to build Legos and just throws them on the floor and says, let me put the pieces together. We like to try to follow like the pages and or a plan. I love that where you're building for now, but also you're building for the future. So what type of challenges do you think we're going to have as we scale or grow? Or what's coming down the track that we're not necessarily seeing now? People listening in are thinking, I just want to get to cover what we need to cover for these challenges. But then you need to have that strategic hat on. 
So that's why we have different pillars, like a team that I support. We've got a success architect helping you with that vision and value governance road mapping, a platform architect who's doing a deep dive into your platform health, what's going on in the system, what, how are you configuring things? What does your tech debt look like? How are we thinking about integrations? You have a support account manager who's coming in and making sure we're doing upgrades. What's our data stack look like? How much data is being processed through the environment? And then there's also the ability for the uh, customer success manager putting it all together. Hey, I know you need help in ITAM when we need to do somebody to bring it. Let me bring in an expert from the product team to help you over the shoulder do this. We're an advisory organization with an impact. So we're not the hands on keys. But when we do these advisory sessions, we work with partners, we work with agencies, we work with individuals, but it's also there's a training component too. How do we help them see where they're at today and what do they want to do? Showing people a training path has been a huge advantage for organizations who've really taken advantage of something I used to do as a platform owner as well was really harp on training was really critical. And it's not just one time. It's a continuous thing. We see that in the world we live in today. AI is coming. AI doesn't stop learning. We as people can't stop learning either. It's really important with two versions coming out every year. How do we keep up on the latest and greatest? But what can I consume of that? I can't consume every single change that comes out and release. But what's going to really impact my organization? That's what we help agencies understand. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. You don't want to be working on something that even if you do it well, it has very little impact because that's a fast way to get very low morale. You're better off but you're not trying to solve that problem whatsoever. So organizations need to look at what are the dials that need to be moved that's actually going to positively impact performance. And figuring that out and defining that problem is very, very important. And those challenges change all the time. So it's important just to make sure that you are set in terms of those key deliverables that are going to impact the business the best possible way. Any particular return on investment or projects come to mind that fills you with energy, thinking that really had a good impact? Yeah, for sure. So I worked with one agency in the healthcare space, and they were really having a struggle with their software asset management licenses. So we said, let's do a pilot. And we talked and talked and talked for probably about four months. And then we got buy-in from the executives. Okay, we're going to do this. Here's the team you're going to work with. Here's our partner we're going to work with. And we sat down and in a 135-day cycle, we were able to reclaim almost $19 million in software licenses. And we, we showed that to the executive. They go, this is why ServiceNow is here. This is the return on investment I'm expecting. And then not only blew them away, in terms of what they called ease. Now, the people on the back end, a little different view from the complexity in terms of, hey, we have to get all these people to walk and talk together. But when we were on that same page, this thing flew and so quickly. So you think about that in less than half a year, you save almost over $18 million of your spend. And then when you go through an audit, you're like, yeah, here you go. And they just handed it over. And the organization they handed it to was blown away. They're like, oh, you've never come like this before. We were not prepared for you to give us this information up front so it was that one to me is a huge roi we came in we were able to partner and help out we brought in resources we supported them through this we said hold on what you're thinking about it may be a short-term fix but long term you're gonna have this big tech debt with this let's not go that route let's baseline this appropriately let's build it appropriately and then we can scale it yeah for anyone that's kind of come from that technical debt maintenance of technical debt is so so challenging and i remember recently reading an article about 47 percent of applications in the financial space are done by cobalt 
can you believe that COVID? And the challenges with that is they're highly susceptible to you know cyber attacks, and you know also that population is aging out. So you know it, it becomes a very very challenging area. You do not want to get into that technical debt uh, discussion or and then trying to work around that. So building at that baseline and being very very conscious and purposeful about bringing that into play. Vancouver has come. I had the pleasure of speaking with Victor Chen, which I'll be sharing his episode in the coming weeks. And Victor was working in some of the really exciting areas of generative AI, and he'd been kind of talking me through some of the things that are happening in Vancouver, such as the, the ability for now assist and customization and summarization for people to use, which is really, really amazing. To help people not get overwhelmed, but tell them this is what's coming down the track as well, and yeah. kind of get ready for it. When I think generative AI, so in our space, because of FedRAMPs and ATOs, we can't use this right away like we can in our commercial space. So we have to wait. We have to wait for our normal guidelines and practices. And that's going to be more of a, a Q3-24, Q4-24 kind of release for our public sector and government customers and then government cloud. But when I think about that, customers and agencies need to understand generative AI is not here to replace everybody. Generative AI here is to help augment our developers, augment our admins, so they go faster, so they spend more time on those bigger builds and allow the platform to workflow. I did a test pilot uh, last week in office, just walking through of, hey, can you please create this workflow? And here's the three subcategories that need to be created for this incident, and here's where they need to be routed to. And it was in seconds. Here's my workflow in front of me and I could dot walk through the platform and see it and either make an adjustment or and or, yeah, this is accurate. Here's how I go. To me, that augmentation of a developer, if you're in a small group, not every single public organization has 50 developers or 20 developers like we do sometimes in our commercial space. I know I ran a team of between five and eight people at a time. That's a small group and you're trying to get a lot done. This is an augmentation, but that next-gen AI is so critical to the user experience, too, for the people who are consuming it, our citizens around the world, people within the organizations trying to leverage it. When you think about that AI being built in of how we do search results or how we use virtual agent, we want those great experiences, and that's just going to be a huge augmentation for us in the future. So when we think about these things, how are we building them today, or how have we, if we're just getting into service now, how do I want to think about this? Where do I want to layer in my best foundation? And so when this is available to me, how do I hit the ground running and take advantage of it? How do I get trained on it? How do I understand? There's so much training that's coming for this next gen AI. And we're super excited about it here, especially in the public sector. Yeah. And you, you're asking leaders in that area, you're saying, okay, well, what's my digital transformation strategy? What, what, what are we looking to try to achieve? And I think everyone everyone understands this is the kind of baseline we need to work to. But then that next question is, how am I utilizing the AI? How am I utilizing generative AI to be more successful, to be more efficient, to give a better customer experience? And people need to get on the page of that and actually introduce this across the organization, because as you said, there's the augmentation. And, and, and sometimes there's the narrative about job losses and things like this the reality is a lot of the times that there isn't the people to do the jobs so it's not like necessarily like you're, you're losing jobs there isn't the, the people to be actually there ready accessible trained up to do the role so you need to have that human in the loop and working with that technology to give a really really good experience for our customers it's a huge time to value when we think about that, those are those backlogs that have been sitting there for two months because we don't have enough hands-on resources to do something. Or it's the I, the requirements keep shifting and changing and trying to get everybody together. You can use the AI to take in those new inputs. And here's what it's going to look like. 
And it just speeds things up. It gets rid of that analysis paralysis I talked about earlier, where we get out of our own way. Now that it's here, do we want to deploy this? At what level do we want to deploy? Is it a small pilot? Is it a major go live? Where does this thing fit and sit? But I also think about how do I get prepared for this? How am I, if I'm running an organization, how am I going to take advantage of it? I know I own it. I know it's coming. I've got time to train. I've got time to level set. What's most important to me? Is it remove the tech debt that's in my environments today? Is it expand my relationships across the C-suite to say, hey, did you know that we have all this at our fingertips and we can leverage it? Or is it the ability to sit down and look at my agency and go, how can I retrain some of these resources who may say, hey, old technology, you talk about COBOL, it's going away. It's been a challenge. Those things are moving and they're more legacy. How do I take those resources and train them here? And leverage that ability. Impact helps out with that. When we come up with like training plans by agency for your organization, hey, here's a standard, but what do you have? Let's come in and talk to you. Hey, you've got 200 people potentially available for this. Where do you want to deploy them? Are they citizen developers developing apps to help the citizens? Are they going to actually work on the platform in the back end? Are they going to be more of a user experience type of individual? So there's so many options that we're helping organizations and agencies with. And I look at this that I'm doing across the finance space, especially because I'm looking at my calendar today. And it's just boom, 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 boom of meeting with executives and CIOs and team leaders to go through what's next. Now Vancouver's done. How can I leverage what I have now? Such an exciting time, such an exciting time, David. I cannot wait to see what's coming down the track for Washington and early 2024. The case studies are coming through now, which is so good. We can see the return on investment. And the great thing is for any of those leaders, they can look around and say, okay, what's happening? Inspire me, take me on a journey. So you'll come and you'll see how different people are utilizing it. I also think too, is people don't talk enough to each other. You're not the first ones to go through this. I know when I was a platform owner, I said, I want all the states to talk to each other. Let's all share information of some have some form. So those user groups are really powerful. And I'm trying to do that in our federal healthcare and finance space, having groups talk to each other. And it's not just healthcare and healthcare, it's healthcare and finance. And then when they want to appear, I'm reaching out to my commercial partners and my teams to say, hey, who can this person talk to? Similar size, similar scale, similar what they're trying to do. Because those relationships, I think, really drive people to innovate on the platform so much. Because you can see and hear oh, this wasn't this huge thing, or this was a huge thing, but you planned for it. So therefore it went really, really well on that deployment where someone may have been struggling with something or just a thought of what can I do here? Here's my thoughts. Is it okay? Sometimes you want to have that talk with service now, which is great. That's why we're here. But also on the other end, who's my peers I can talk to who are living it as well so I can have that organization and have that support. David Hegarty, Director of Impact Delivery, Federal Healthcare and Finance. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.